Thanks, Jeff. Yep. <clears throat> Becky was uh, telling me, I think it was last week, scientists uh, recently made a discovery, one of the differences between uh, men and women. And it's true. Uh, and I'm just in real layman's terms say it. I guess men's bra uh, wave, um, brain waves go this way, whatever they are. They go this way, and, and women's go this way. Isn't that interesting? I, you're not really that interested, are you? I, what, I, I don't know what the application of that is, other than I thought of one is that explains why, like, when we go to the store, we're very direct. We're just going straight ahead for what we want, whereas, you know, a woman is just, you know, just all over the store. So, anyway, just thought I'd mention that. Okay. We learn more about ourselves all the time, right? I, I um, you know, I was, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I was up here and made a comment about um, finances and budget and you know I I um I look at these 32 years we've had as a church and in some ways it just blows my mind how how remarkable all of you have done I mean I go all the way back when there were just a handful of us and we've never had a year where we didn't meet budget and um and it just I praise God for that and and so like Three weeks ago, when it looked like we were going to be like $20,000 short, it's kind of like freaking me out a little bit. And, and you maybe picked up on that when I was up here, and I shared that with you. And, and well, hey, uh, way to go, everybody. Because we had such an awesome offering last Sunday. We're only $8,000 short right now. So, I mean, I just, I, that's, that's awesome. And I just want to thank you for that um, a lot. I really, really appreciate it. And I, I don't know, maybe I, um, this, the whole thing with the carpet, it's just, I think it's, uh, it's so cool what's happened so far. We now have enough money that's been given so that we can carpet the, the lower hallway of our, of our building. And, um, and so now we still got the upper level to do, and that's about $46,000 more that we need. And uh, we, we got two weeks left uh, this year. And um, I'm just praying, by, by God's grace, we can do it. We can meet our budget, and we can also have enough money to completely recarpet this place. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just think of, like, at our house, I don't really like the idea of having duct tape down, holding carpeting together. Um, and uh, maybe Becky and I could get used to it, you know, we kind of live with it. But and maybe, you know, anybody that's been over our house lots of times, say, get used to it. But I just the idea of bringing somebody brand new into our house and we got duct tape holding the carpeting down. And so I, I feel that way about this place. I mean, this is the house of God. And so I'm motivated in this whole thing of, of seeing this place look really the best it can be for, uh, for the glory of God. So just mention that to you. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a great, great job in giving to, um, to Brookside. And um, I just want just to mention that before we dig in this morning. Well, I've, um, I've been looking forward to this Sunday uh, because of what we're going to be, what I'm going to be able to share with you this morning. It's really fun to be able to talk about what we're talking about today. 
You know, one of the, one of the things that's really key for any one of us to have success in life, and when I say success, I mean all of life, having success in every aspect of our life, is one of the things that's key for that is for us to ask the right questions and be given the right answer to those questions, which means it's, it's not only important for us to ask the right questions, but it's equally important uh, that we ask the right people those questions which is what we've been doing in this series that I've titled I Am, uh, taken from uh, 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 claims that Jesus made about himself, that he began with, with those two words, I am, and then he made a number of different claims. And, and what we discover is that each one of those claims answer for us life's five biggest questions. And that's what we've been doing over the last several weeks. The first question that Jeff uh, preached that Sunday, the question is, who's going to guide me? Which is definitely an important question to ask because whoever you follow determines how well life goes for you and, and, it, and really determines your ultimate destination in, in life. And so Jesus Christ answered that question when he said, I am the light of the world. And then, and then there's the question that I looked at uh, with all of you, and the question is, who's going to satisfy me? Who's going to satisfy me? And I talked about how it is that, you, you, in a way, we can compare life to a menu that, 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 that gives to us, hands to us, all these different options that, that promise satisfaction. And I talked about how one of the mistakes that we can make with that whole thing is to think that it's what we get out of life that's, that's going to satisfy us. And when the truth is, it's not what, it's who. And Jesus Christ answered that question when he said, I am I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. So it's not what that satisfies, satisfies us, it's who, and the who is Jesus Christ. And I I had you all write down that total and lasting satisfaction is only found in Jesus Christ. And then the third question that, that deals with our sin and the reality of death. And Tim talked about that last week. The fact that we, we all know we're sinners. In fact, I think I've shared this before. I've met one, only one person in my life who said he'd never sinned. And it was really quite an interesting conversation. But I think we all know we're sinners, and we all know the reality of death. I mean, that's one of the things that we're guaranteed that someday we're going to die. And so we ask the question, who's going, who's going to save me? Who's going to save me from my sin, and who's going to save me from, from death? And Jesus said, I am, because I'm the resurrection and the life. And I would just say, if you, if you missed any one of those services, I, I would encourage, sermons, I would encourage you to go online and, and, and listen, because really what we're talking about, these five sermons, they all fit together. They all build on each other. They're all very much connected. And so you really, I would say, you don't want to miss any, any one of them. What's the fourth question that we come to this morning? And it's as big as the first three. And every, I would say in, in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, how, how well life goes for any one of us depends on our answer to that question. It's a question that, that I would say we've all asked more than once. And, and the question is, who's going to love me? Who's going to love me? 
He's going to love me. I'll never uh, forget the day I, um, as a child, I told my dad that I was sure, I told my mom that I was sure that my dad didn't love me. And that I, I don't know what it was that triggered that. It might have been something that happened. Uh, it might have been that my dad was not very verbal. He didn't express himself. Uh, he showed love in huge ways. I mean, look back at my life and, and all the sacrifices that dad made for each one of us as kids, his whole family, no, no, absolutely no question in, in my mind that, that my dad loved me. And by the way, my dad had a great name. His name was Osborne. I never knew how great a name it was until I moved to the state of Nebraska. But, uh, but uh, uh, I used to think it was kind of weird when I was a kid, like Osborne, you know. But, but my dad just had a hard time expressing himself. And so, I don't know, I, 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 was, I was somewhere in grade school, early grade school, and, and, and so I came to my mom one day, and I, and I told her, I just said, Dad doesn't love me. I'm sure Dad doesn't love me. And, and, and she assured me of it. She tried to convince me when she realized that I wasn't going to be convinced. She sent me out to get my dad. My dad was working out in the yard. He grew up on a farm. And, and um, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, as this thing is happening, and I'm running out to get my dad in, 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 a, in a grade school kind of kid kind of way. I'm thinking to myself, I don't think this is going to end well. You know, I, I don't feel so good about this. And, because my dad was a pretty big guy, and he, was, he could be kind of intimidating. And, and so, but I did. I did, did what mom it told me to do, I went out and said, Dad, Mom wants to talk to you. And he said, what about? And I said, well, I don't know, you know. Why don't you come on in and we'll find out. And, 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 and so my dad came in and, and, and you know, there, there's, there's a lot that I've forgotten about my childhood. But I have never forgotten that day. I mean, it is like I can just see it, okay. It's just carved into my brain. And my little mom sitting in, a, in her wheelchair and... My mom, you know, my mom was a pretty soft-spoken person, but with, with as much firmness as I've ever heard in her voice, she, she told my dad what I, what I had told her. And, and, and then I've never forgotten these words. I mean, these are her exact words. She, she looked at my dad and she said, you tell this boy that you love him. <laughs> and I'm standing there like, you know, and, 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 and my dad looks at me, and with tenderness in his voice, he said, Steve, I love you. Of course I love you. I love you. Uh, I got to tell you, to hear, to hear my dad say that, that was a powerful moment in my life. And yeah, I know without a doubt that, you know, I look back and all the sacrifices my dad made, I, I know my dad loved me, but there's just something about... He, Hearing another person saying that to you, especially, especially someone like a mother or father, you know, somebody that's close to you. And I, I, you know, to the day my dad died, I would love to hear him say that. And, and I kind of played with him a little bit because he was so Norwegian, you know, and unexpressive. So I love to hug him and do stuff like that and get him, watch him freeze up, you know. It's kind of fun to play with him. <laughs> My dad, when he got older, and I had courage to do that kind of a thing. But there, there's a huge need in all of us to know that we're loved. Especially to know that we're loved by people that mean a great deal to us. I, 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 I did some digging on this to read what, what psychologists would actually write about this. People that are in the know, you know, of our emotions. And, 
And I, and I, found, I found these things that love does for us when we know we're really loved. It, it, it makes it possible for us to be ourselves, knowing that we're valued for who we are. Isn't that right? That's true, isn't it? We can, we, if we know that we're loved, we can be more confident, and it's, it's easier for us to take on new challenges, to take risks, to be creative. If we know we're, we're loved, we don't have to hide or numb our feelings. We, we feel less stressed. We're more relaxed about life. When we know we're loved, we're we're better able to deal with difficult situations as they come into our lives and, and to be able to recover from setbacks and, and losses. So really, you know, no question about it. To, to know that we're loved is a very big deal. And it really gets bigger. I mean, if this is ever true, it's true of our relationship with God. I mean, there, there's no greater need for any one of us in this room to know that, to be able to know that the God who created us, the God who made each one of us, this God loves us. I mean, I need to know this, you need to know this, we all do, which, which is why I, I am so thankful for what Jesus said and, and, and about this and what John wrote down for us in, in the 10th chapter of his gospel where he, he actually quoted Jesus Christ. He he, he, he wrote the whole thing as, as this came down, as, as this happened. In a wonderful way, it answers this question, who's going to love me? And Jesus answered it in a very simple way. He, he answered it in these words when he said, I, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. And, and so what I would like to do these, in these next few minutes is unpack what this means for all of us. And, 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 and I think you're going to agree with me. It's absolutely wonderful what he said. And, and every bit of it assures each one of us of what's the most important thing we can possibly know. And it's what I, I hope you walk out of this place with today. Where you can say this about yourself. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. He really does. He loves me. So what I'd like to do in these next few minutes is I'd like you to see four ways that Jesus shows us that this is true, that he loves you and he loves me as his shepherd, as our shepherd. All right? So we're going to take a look at this. This is out of John chapter 10, and, and it's in the first 15 verses. And and I think it might be good before we, we, before we start digging into that to, to, see, to see it in its context. And, and one of the things that you discover for each one of those I am statements is that Jesus made it after he did a miracle. It's interesting. Which he does here. He, 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 he heals this man who had been born blind. He had been blind his, his entire life. And, and you know, when something like that happens, you would think that everybody would be happy for this guy and, and rejoice with him and celebrate with him. But that's not what happened. Not, not, not the religious leaders. Not when they found out who healed this guy and they found out it was Jesus. They the very opposite of being happy for him, they condemn him because he would believe in Jesus and they actually kick him out of the synagogue. It's like they excommunicate him. And so Jesus finds this guy and some of the religious leaders are still with him. So what Jesus said that we're going to look at this morning 
was as much meant for these religious leaders as it was for, for everybody else listening to him. So let's take a look at this. In the first five verses, he begins by describing what everybody's seen many times, and that is shepherds caring for their sheep. They, they would all understand this. He would talk about how during the day, during the, day the uh, each one of the shepherds would have their own flock, their own herd of sheep, and they would, they would take them out into the, surround, the countryside surrounding the village in which they lived. And so you'd, you know, you'd look out and you'd see these sheep all over the place, and these shepherds would be taking care of them. But then at night they would, they would, they would lead their sheep back from the countryside, the pasture, and they would, they would bring them in, to an, an enclosure that was built with rocks, and it had four walls, and it was quite high, and it was built for the protection of the sheep at night. It only had one door. And either one of the shepherds would, would lie, you know, by that door at night. They would be right at that door, so they would protect the sheep, or they'd hire somebody else to, to, to be at that door so that they could get a full night's sleep or whatever. And, and, uh, and then it, when the morning would come, the, all the shepherds would come to get their sheep. And they would call the sheep by their name, and the sheep would recognize their voice, and so the sheep would come, and the shepherd would lead them out of that enclosure out, and out into the pasture for another day to be grazed. Uh, along with this, Jesus also told about another group of men who were, who were strangers to the sheep. He uh, and, and they're the, the, the reason they had to protect the sheep at night because these men did not care for the sheep. They were thieves, and they would break in and they would try to steal sheep, not, not to do good to the sheep, but to destroy the sheep, to kill the sheep. So Jesus describes the scene that the religious leaders and everybody else had seen many, many times for many years, and, but what happens is they don't get the connection. They don't understand that, they're, they're, that, that Jesus is the shepherd. They don't understand that they're the sheep. And, and, and the religious leaders are clueless that, that Jesus is talking about them, that they're the thieves. They're the, they're the bad guys to get the sheep. And it's like they're all looking at Jesus with this blank stare in their face. And so he realizes they're not getting it. And so he makes it a little bit more clear. So John writes, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And therefore, Jesus said again, he said, okay, you know, one more time. He said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. You will come in and go out and find pasture. And the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and, and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep, and, and, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. These are verses you don't want to miss. If you wonder if you're loved by God, if you're questioning that, understand what Jesus is saying, and you'll, you, you've got your answer, because he shows us how he loves us as his shepherd. And there are just four wonderful statements that he makes and we're going to look at each one of them this morning and I want us to be able to walk out with them today and be able to remember them and I would say write them down okay this is what you want to write down this morning if you're taking notes so number one it's this I know Jesus loves me because he knows me and still loves me I know Jesus loves me because he knows me and he still loves me. In, in verse 14 and 15, Jesus said this. I love it. He said, I am, the, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Do you remember, remember like if you're married or if you da have dated somebody for a while now? Do you remember how when you first started dating... Uh, you wondered how long you could hi hide your bad side. <laughs> you know I mean? like you're really at your best behavior, you know. And then something happens, and yet you're caught off guard, and you act like a total idiot. Anybody relate to that at all? I'm the only one. No. Okay, I, just, I think I can still remember when I did that, you know, with Becky. And, and then she still liked me. You know, like she still wants to keep dating me. It was like, oh, that's good. You know, it's, it's great. Now, that's what's happening here. But it's even better. And I, and I think for us to really appreciate what, what Jesus is saying is, it's probably a good idea for us to understand why it is that he compares us to sheep. I mean, why does he do that anyway? Why not some, you know, some other animal? You know, what, what is it about sheep that's similar to us? Okay, let's look at that. By the way, by the way, by the way, did you know that sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in the Bible? About 200 times. And as long as we're talking about animals, do you know how many times dogs are mentioned? 44 times. Want to write that down? You know? yeah. 44 times. Do you know how many times cats are mentioned in the Bible? Zero. <laughs> just, yeah, just, okay. I know I'm, I'm going to hear from a cat lover. I know it, I know it. No. But here, here, here's what Jesus does, all right? He compares us to sheep. I got one person out here who's just really looking at me right now. Uh, but he, Jesus compares us to sheep. And you know what? It's not very flattering. It's not very flattering. Let me tell you why. Number one, sheep are not very smart. Did you know that? They are about the most dim-witted animals there are on planet Earth. I mean, think about this. Have, have you ever gone to a circus? Anybody ever gone to a circus? Have you ever seen a trained sheep at a circus? No, you, you just don't. There, there's trained elephants, there's trained lions and horses and dogs, but you never, train, you, you never see a, a trained sheep. You know why? They're untrainable. In fact, you know what? If you want to get a sheep to play dead, you know the only way you ever do it is shoot them. I mean, it's true. They're just stupid. They just, they are really, really, really dumb animals. Now, let me ask you this. Anybody here ever do anything really stupid? Anybody ever do anything really? You, 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 I'm going to play with them a little bit. Ask Jeff Dart about backing out of his garage. 
Just ask him. Ask him that question. All right. Oh, it's going to be fine. All right. Now, you know, you know what? You know what's so good to know, though? Is as stupid as we can be, Jesus still loves us. Still loves us. The other thing about sheep is they get lost easily. Sheep often get out of the sheepfold and they stray. Somehow sheep think it's better outside the fence, you know. And, and so they get out there and they, sheep have no sense of direction. They wander around aimlessly. It's like, where am I? You know, who's going to get me supper? You know, I mean, they're just, sheep just, they get lost all the time. You know what? We do the same thing, right? We we think we know better than God. We make bad decisions. We go out on our own direction. Some of us have even spent years of our life wandering around aimlessly. And yet it's true. Jesus still loves us. He still does. Sheep are also very stubborn. Very stubborn. You know, here, let me give you an example. If you got a sheep and, it, and there's like two rocks and there's an opening between those two rocks and that sheep tries to get through the, that opening but it's too tight for itself and, and it gets in there and, but instead of reversing itself and backing out, it keeps going forward until it gets stuck and then the shepherd's got to unstuck it. Okay? Now, um, how many of you know somebody like that? Stubborn like that. Don't, don't, don't point, okay? okay? I mean, we can all be pretty stubborn, can't we? Um, not where we not only want to go our own way, but even when we've done that and we've realized, man, this is not working, this is not going well, and yet we're so stubborn we keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I have. And yet it's true that Jesus still loves us. Sheep are filthy. Did you know that? They're absolutely filthy. Uh, if, you've ever, uh, if you've ever seen a sheep on TV, you, might, you know, a lamb or whatever, you might say, but Steve, they're so white and they're, they're, they're just so clean. i got to tell you, that sheep was power washed before it was brought. You, know, you never know what, what, what people do in our church. And I mean, I just, it's so much fun to discover all the different gifts that people have. A guy came up to me, um, uh, Bruce Aaron came up to me after, after first service today, and he, he just wrote this book. And it's, uh, and, and, and I don't know if you can see that well enough, but sheep aren't that white, okay? Um, you know, they're not, there's fluffy little things. They're very dirty. They, they don't clean themselves. They can't clean themselves. They stink. I mean, they are not something you want to cozy up to at all. I can say very respectfully, that's the way we are in the eyes of God. In the eyes of a perfectly holy God, we're dirty, filthy sinners. And, and, and still Jesus loves us. You know, the, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in the fifth chapter of Romans. It's verse 8. It, it says this, and I thought of it this morning, so I'm not going to put it up on PowerPoint. But, it's a, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, and that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Boy, don't miss this, everybody. As your shepherd, Jesus knows you completely. 
He knows every one of your imperfections. He, he knows that you can do some pretty dumb stuff. He knows the times that you thought you knew better than God himself. He knows that you can be unbelievably stubborn. He knows every sin you've ever done. There, there isn't anything you could do that would surprise Jesus Christ. He knows you to the very bottom of who you are, and yet at the same time, he loves you to the sky. He loves you to the sky. See, what this means is, is you got nothing to prove to God. You have every reason to rest in God, rest in Jesus Christ. You have, you have every reason to relax. He, he, he knows everything about you. He knows every thought you've had. He knows every word you've spoken. He knows everything you've done. He knows absolutely every sin in your life, and yet he still loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. See, that means you and I have every reason to rest in Jesus Christ, total peace. We, we have nothing to fear. We, we, we have no reason to have to fear God. John, the same John who wrote this, this gospel that we're looking at this morning, wrote three books at the end of the New Testament, and, and he, he made this statement about fear that I just love. He, he, he writes this, and it's true. He said, there is no fear in love, no fear. But perfect love drives out fear. That's true. The love of God drives out any reason for fear. See, I, I, you know, not only does this change how we can look at ourselves, but I think it changes how we, how we can look at other people. You know, it, I think it gives us that much more reason to love the people in our lives who, who are as much sheep as, like sheep as you and I are, as we are, as I am. So let me ask you, do you know anybody right now who's doing some pretty dumb stuff? Do you, do you know anyone who's as lost spiritually as anyone can possibly be? Do you know anybody who's stubbornly doing things their way even when their way isn't, you know, working out well? Do, do you know anyone who's getting themselves filthy, dirty with sin? If you do, if you do, God's giving you the opportunity to love them like he loves you love them and and not dismiss them and not cross them out of your out of your life so let's say this together okay let's say it together and really enthusiastically and loud okay i know jesus loves me because he knows me and he still loves me Isn't that great and that could be enough for this morning we could we could actually just walk right out of here and say man i I, I, have, I know I have so much value and I can have so much confidence in life and I can just be so rested and relaxed knowing, knowing that God loves me even though God knows me, okay? But there's even more. So number two, here's the second one to write down. I, I know Jesus loves me because he protects me. Protects me. The, the other thing that's true about sheep is that they're completely defenseless, uh, Almost every animal has some form of defense. I mean, think about it. Uh, many animals have fangs and claws. Some, some have horns. Some run very fast. Some, some blend into the environment. Horses kick. Horses bite. Uh, birds fly away. But you know what? Sheep cannot do anything. They're totally defenseless. In fact, did you know, did you know that if a sheep gets on its back, they're like a turtle. They can't get back up on their feet. Did you know that? 
And, and do you know what sheep, I mean, this is how dumb they are. Do you know what sheep say, say when, when they get attacked? Back off! Yeah. Dumb joke. All right, but couldn't resist it when I thought about it. So, okay. I know, it's really bad. Okay, so no question about it, all right, everybody? No question about it. Sheep are defenseless. And here's the deal. So are we. I mean, on our own, without the good shepherd, we're defenseless. We're, we're defenseless against Satan, who, who's out to destroy us, who's out to bring us down spiritually. Peter said this about Satan. He said, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I mean, talk about fear. We'd have every reason to fear if it were not for our good shepherd to protect us. And, and so Jesus said this about himself in verse 11 and 12 and 13. He said, he said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's saying, I'll do whatever it takes to protect you. In contrast, he said to the hired hand, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And, and then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, there's all the difference in the world between the shepherd and a hired hand. The shepherd owns the sheep. He's, he's invested his life in them. He's, he's given each one of those sheep a name. He, he knows their personalities. And i got to tell you, it's almost like you got to grow up in a farm to understand that animals have different personalities, because they do. And, and he loves each one of his sheep. Even with everything that comes with being a sheep, all the nasty stuff, he loves his sheep. A hired hand? Uh-uh. He's only watching the sheep to make a buck. And so if, 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 if something comes that's far too, you know, if a wolf comes along or something else comes along and that hired hand realizes, you know what, it's either the sheep or the me, he'll, he'll go, you know what, it's the sheep. I'm not about to lose my life for a sheep. See, here's the deal. <laughs> you and I belong to Jesus Christ. He bought us with his precious blood that he shed on the cross and he's saying here that there isn't anything that's going to stop him from protecting us he, I mean talk about something that you and I can have confidence in that shows us that we're loved by God if God protects us like Jesus Christ I mean this is about as good as it gets I, I you know I read down into the in further into the 10th chapter and verse 27 and verse 28 Jesus said this he said my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one can snatch them out of my hand man I have loved hearing that since I was a little kid that that picture being taken into the hand of Jesus Christ and and knowing that nothing nothing absolutely nothing will ever be able to take me out of his hand he's got me forever forever so let's say it together, okay? I know Jesus loves me because he protects me. Okay? Wow. You know, you can leave here today knowing he's got your back. He's going to protect you. Here's the third one. 
I know Jesus loves me because he provides the best possible life for me. The best possible life. Here, here's how he said this in verse 9 and 10. He said, I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. And he will come in and go out and find pasture. And, and then he said, in contrast to this, the thief comes only to kill and, and to steal and kill and destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. To the full. Listen, listen everybody. Listen, okay? You know you're loved by someone when they give you their best. Yeah. Becky did it for me again last night. She made me a lemon pie. Yeah, I tell you, I know. And that, it's just, I mean, this is real. This is the real, I mean, have I ever told you about lemon pie beef? Yeah, it's the real deal. It's, it's from lemons. It's not from a box, okay? It's the real lemons. You scrape them and you do, and I mean, the, I mean, the meringue on top is just like, you know, I'll die for it. And, and I get to eat the whole thing, you know? I mean, I, I'm going to have a piece when I get home today. I had a piece last night. I'm, I'm going to have a piece every day until it's gone or two of them or whatever. But, but you know, it's true though, isn't it? You know you're loved by somebody when they give you their very best that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us he's given us his very best and his very best is eternal life eternal life with him in heaven that's the gift he's given us and you know what makes us really great he's given us the Holy Spirit he said, when I leave this earth, my spirit will come, my Holy Spirit will come and live within you. And that's, man, I cannot imagine a greater gift. Put those two together. The Holy Spirit who gives me the power and the strength, not only, not only guides and leads me into living an eternal kind of a life, but gives me the strength to live it. That's a great gift. That's the best. Peter, Peter made a statement about this. In his second letter to the early church, he said this. His divine power, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him, Jesus, who called us by his own glory and goodness. And then he said, let me tell you then the, what this means for us. He said, he said, for this very reason, for this very reason, because we've got the Spirit of God living in us, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. He's, what he's really saying there is just max it out because you can. You can. You can make the most out of life. So let's say this together, okay? I know Jesus loves me because he provides the best possible life for me. Ah, you don't look like you're convinced. Okay, let's just say with a big grin on our face and, and, and with a lot of enthusiasm, okay? I know Jesus loves me because he provides the best possible life for me. Good job. All right, number four. Here's the topper. Here's the topper. I know Jesus loves me because he gave his life for me. He gave his life for me. 
Which brings us to the key verse in today's passage, to verse 11, where, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He gives his life. You know, if you think about it, that's what Christmas is all about, the shepherd becoming a sheep. The eternal Son of God becoming one with us in our humanity, becoming the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So if you ever wonder if you're loved by Jesus, if you ever wonder if you're loved by God, look to the shepherd who became a lamb to become your Savior. Your Savior. So let's say this together, okay? I know Jesus loves me because he gave his life for me. Isn't that great? If you were here two weeks ago, and I, I, I made a suggestion, I encouraged you to get a journal for 2014. Remember that? And I said, get that journal, and then on the first page, and it came off of the sermon that I did two weeks ago, I said, what, what I'd like you to do is right at the top of that page, total and lasting satisfaction is found only in Jesus Christ. Remember I, said, I suggested that? You know what? I spoke too soon. So if what I'd like you to do, if you did that already, is rip out that first page, okay, and start over with a new front page. And right at the very top of that, you can, you can write the other in the second page, okay? But right at the very top, because this is where, I mean, this is like number one. This is the biggest deal. Right, Jesus loves me, okay? Right, Jesus loves me. And then you know what you can do? You can write right underneath that, I know this is true, you can write that, those very words. I know this is true because, you know why, right? Because Jesus knows me and he still loves me because he protects me, because he provides the best possible life for me and because he gave his life for me. Isn't that great? Well, you know what? We can walk out of here today. In fact, I would say we can walk everywhere, every single day of our life, every moment. We can walk around with our head held high, with a tremendous amount of joy and peace and confidence, because we know, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. <laughs> ah, praise God. Let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to finish in worship, okay? Father, love you. I love you. I love you because you made it possible for me to love you, and you made it possible for me to love you because you love me. And I've I express that gratitude, Father, for all of us here this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ and for your glory, amen.